All right, praise the Lord. Well, back to our notes. And today is the last time. We've done this over five weeks. This is part five. My goodness, probably one of the longest sermon series that I've ever done. What's love got to do with it? How many of you have been enjoying the sermon series? Has it done something in your heart? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Mm, anybody here? How about those cards that we gave to you? And you and on the card, what's the one thing that I love? This is the. Uh, how did it go? It's something about this is what I love about you. And we had to say something that we loved about that person. Uh, what kind of reactions did you get? Did you get some reactions? Did you hand out those cards? Did you tell that person? Uh, I didn't tell you what you don't like, but what you do love about them. Amen. And that was great. How many of you enjoyed last week's uh, sermon that we did? Uh, do you know who your neighbor is? Huh? Not physically your next door neighbor that lives, but your neighbor is anybody. We want to talk a little bit about uh, what's love got to do with it this morning, part five. And remember the scripture that I'm using is found in Matthew 22, uh, verse 37, where Jesus answered the man who was trying to test him. He said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And that's the first and great commandment. And then he said, the second one is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And so uh, just to recap very, very quickly, we're going to just talk a little bit about what we've been saying over these four weeks. And I've been saying things like that the fact that we were created by God to do life together. If you didn't know that, I think by now you know that, right? We were created by God to do life together. And then I said that in some way or other, doing this life together actually involves relationships. Not just talking about marriages, but I'm talking about a relationship that we have here. Uh, we, I have relationships with people. I have a, a relationship with you, all right? And then we also made a statement, and we said that relationships actually... When you think about it, in light of what Jesus said, relationships flow out of a love relationship that you have with God. Remember I said that vertical relationship, that the cross is a vertical beam and a horizontal beam, and that vertical relationship is critical. And out of that vertical love relationship, all the other relationships flow. And I said that actually Jesus summarized it very, very clearly. He said the formula for that is basically loving God, loving myself, and then loving others. Remember we said that? All right? And then I said to you that when you have a love relationship with God, it actually gives you the power to love people purposefully and intentionally. Hallelujah. In other words, you're not having to force to love that person because they were your sugar daddy or whatever it was. But out of this love relationship that you have with God, you can now purposely and intentionally love people. And, and, so I, and, and we began to realize that, you know what, everything that Jesus loves is actually found in people. Amen. Everything that Jesus loves is found in a person. And, and then we said, you know what? Actually, every human being, no matter what color, no matter what language, no matter what ethnicity, that people matter to God. I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if people matter to God, they ought to matter to us as well. 
So I want you to look at somebody right now and, and tell them, you matter to me. That's right. If you don't see a person here on a Sunday, you should be disturbed and you should say, I wonder where that person is. Now, I haven't seen Brother Sam. See, I, I kind of look and see, okay, I know Brother Sam's sitting there. I know Sumari sits there. I know Rumba normally sits there. So my, 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 my GP coordinates are a little bit out to, today. And then I know that Cyril and Bobby normally sit there. And so I'm scanning and then I, I you know, I, and, and I see people and I can see where they sit. But if a person is not there, we ought to be troubled. We ought to pick up the phone and say, hey, brother, I, I didn't see you in church. Is everything okay? I'm just calling you. Why? Because people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they matter to us. Amen. So I want to continue today, and I want to really talk about that if we love God and we love ourselves and we love people and we love our neighbor who's anybody, then I do believe that that loving includes loving the church. Can I get an amen in this place today? Hallelujah. In other words, what I want to tell you this morning is that it's impossible to love God and not love His church. Hallelujah. Why do I say that? Because Jesus loves His church. I mean, He shed royal, sinless, holy blood for the church. Hallelujah. Come on. You know what, we, um, it's important, you know, sometimes if you can just ask a person, if I say the word church, what comes to your mind? Well, here's the clip, and people were asked, when I say the word church, what comes to mind? Take a look. What is the first thing you think of when you think about church? Church? Yeah. Yes, God. God, okay. Thank you. People inside the church. All right. Any opinion? No opinion is wrong. I'm not into organized religion, so that answers it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Do you go to church anywhere? Yeah. And what is the first thought you have when you think about church? That's, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe what the opening song is going to be. All right. Thanks. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Good day, guys. So, do you go to church anywhere? No. And what is your first thought when you think about church? Any thought is good. My first thought. Yeah. Control. Control. Thank you. Anything goes. Sometimes. You go sometimes? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. Okay, what is the first thought you have when you think about church? When I think about church? Yes. Um, I just remember what it was like when I was a kid. Just sitting in this big wooden building with a my parents. A wooden building. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. We negative, Thank you. The question is, what is the first thought that comes to your head when you think about church? Church, God. 
safe and some place to go. Thank you. No problem. And nice people. No, thank you. <laughs> Not interested. Uh, church or just religion? Just church. 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 Picking up chicks. Okay, so we saw some various ideas when people were asked, "What uh, what does church?" But really, um, what does church mean to you? Amen. I think everything really begins with encountering God. And we, and that's an important thing that we have. In fact, you know, we, we say that our Sunday services are epic. And the E in the epic is for encountering God. That's our heart's prayer. Our heart's prayer is that those that don't know Christ may come to know Christ. And we pray that those that know Christ may have a fresh encounter, a fresh touch. Hallelujah. That's that's, and when we think about it, that's why Jesus died. That's why we do what we do. And everything we do in this church is so that somebody may have an encounter with this awesome God. And listen, and encountering Jesus means we encounter the family of God. It's impossible to encounter Jesus and not encounter the family of God. We come to know God, and then what happens is that God connects us to his body. Can I get an amen? amen? So he is the head, and we are his body, and his body is a, is a many-membered body composed of all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, and the only thing that we have in common is that, number one, we are human beings, and number two... Uh, we have been washed in the blood of Jesus. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And we are connected together. And when we corporately come together, we come together to pray, to worship, to hear the word, to serve one another, to reach the lost at any cost. We come together to edify one another, encourage one another, to, uh, 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 you know, esteem one another. And we actually grow by being connected. Hallelujah. So I want to talk a little bit about what connected means. Connected actually means that I'm planted, uh, and I'm planted in the soil of this ministry. The Bible likens you and I to trees. There are many scriptures that talk about uh, trees that are planted in the house of the Lord. And so uh, connected means that I am planted in the soil of this ministry, and if I am planted, then it means that there has to be some level of commitment. Hallelujah. Amen. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're connected, you are planted. And if you are planted, you are committed. Look at somebody else and tell them, neighbor, if you are connected, it means you are planted. And if you are planted, it means you are committed. Now listen, when you plant a tree, that tree is planted. That tree is committed to the soil in which you have planted it. In that environment, in that level of commitment, that tree will begin to send forth its roots down and begin to uh, take a hold of that ground. And then in the atmosphere of that ground, in the nutrients of that ground, what happens? That tree begins to blossom. It begins to flourish. It begins to grow. It begins to find its purpose. If it's a lemon tree, it begins to bear 
forth lemons and it fulfills its mission in life. And you are like that. When you are connected, you are planted. And when you are planted, you are committed. And when you are committed, it means, you know what? My house is here. My family's here. My heart is here. My emotions is here. My prayers are here. My reading the Word is here. Everything is here. And so in the spirit realm, you send forth roots into the soil of this ministry, and you begin to find your God-given mission and purpose. Hallelujah. And when you are committed, it means that you are also plugged into the vision. Can you say the vision this morning? Come on, look at somebody and tell them, I'm plugged into the vision. And the amazing thing is this. I have discovered that when I work the vision, the vision works for me. Would you say that right across the campuses right now? When I work the vision, the vision will work for me. One more time. When I work the vision, the vision will work for me. One more time. When I work the vision, the vision will work for me. Now, let me just tell you my story, which you've heard before, okay, about when I joined Durban Christian Center. got saved 14th of November, 1982, and I didn't really know the vision, all right? Knew, I knew that Durban Christian Center was a house of prayer for all nations. I knew that it was a place where miracles happened. I knew that it was uh, where the lost were uh, saved, and of course, Pastor Fred was great as a soul winner. I mean, that was the, the beginning and the ending of everything. In fact, that, that phrase, winning the lost at any cost, came from him way back in those days. He would say that over and over and over and over again. Every Sunday, there were people that came to, to, know, the, to, to, to know Christ. And so that was, but, but I, I didn't, nobody told me to get involved. Nobody, nobody told me, you know what, there's a place here. But in my heart of hearts, I just had it in me that I needed to become a part of what God was saying and doing, all right? And little did I know that I, I, I was working the vision when I began to get involved in the music department and involved in life groups. I was working the vision. And when I worked the vision, I found that the vision worked for me. And back in those days, let me tell you, I had an incredible love for the house. I still do, all right? I didn't know any other church. And the, sometimes people would say, oh, you know, so-and-so is going to be visiting that church. There's a conference on at that church. That was like it would go right over my head. I didn't even think that it was that I needed to go there. I only had eyes for the Durban Christian Center. And it wasn't like I downplayed any other church. It was like the other churches were there, but I only saw Durban Christian Center. I only had eyes for the Durban Christian Center. And for me, it was like, that's where I'm committed. That's where my heart is. When we used to pack up the instruments and put them up on the stage, I, I played like as if I wouldn't be playing again ever. I put my heart and my soul and everything into it. And I knew that when I did that, when I put my heart and soul, when I, when I was just committed to the Durban Christian Center, that I would please God. Can you say Amen. You know, there are many reasons, as you saw there, the different reasons that people have about them not loving the church. And, and however true or untrue they might be, 
The main reason why people don't love the church, I'll tell you what the main reason is, is because they've fallen out of love with God. They don't have that vertical relationship with God. When that relationship goes, everything else goes. And then suddenly we become critical, we become fault finders, we become experts at telling people how it should be done when we're not even doing it ourselves. But the fundamental thing is, if you love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, all of your soul, then you will know that Jesus has a tremendous love for the church. And that when you touch the church, you're touching Jesus. He didn't just give a little pinky finger for the church. Jesus gave his heart and his life for the church. Hallelujah. And I want to say that he loves Jesus, loves his church, and he gave his life for the church. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And he gave his life so that you and I could have encounters and continual encounters. Every Sunday, come on, I'm expecting people to be touched. I'm expecting people. People don't come here on a Sunday to tick a box. If you are ticking a box, please don't tick the box. Please don't come here just because, okay, you've done your duty. There, you have lost that vertical. You need to get back in love with Jesus. And when you come here on a Sunday, look at the church through the eyes of Jesus. And if you are full of God, you are coming ready to serve, ready to bless, ready to minister, ready to edify, ready to encourage. It is a privilege as we come together as the family of God. Hallelujah. That we can access the presence of God. You know, in the Old Testament, once a year on the Day of Atonement, they had what we have every Sunday. And not anybody could go beyond the veil to where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was only the high priest. And he went beyond the veil. And there he had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, with God. And when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom. So that means that when we come to church, and not just church, the reason why church is important is because we get to access God corporately, together, Yeah, you can access God all by yourself, sitting on your lounge, and and that's great. And you ought to do that on a daily basis. But there is a thing coming together corporately where we get to manifest the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And there is a corporate presence of God. Do you know that when the people of Israel assembled together corporately and they accessed God, things happened in the spirit realm. Things happened that didn't happen when they were privately at home. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what people are saying out there. All kinds of people are saying terrible things about the church. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then in Ephesians, this is what he did. He's describing a husband and a wife, and he's talking about how the wife is the bride and the groom is Jesus Christ. And he's talking about the church and Jesus. And he says that that he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her. All right? Verse 27. 
that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Yeah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Let me ask you a question. When you see the church, what church do you see? When you see the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, what church do you see? Oh, Pastor, well, I, I see a hopeless, defeated church. I see just us four and no more. That's it. Us four and we're holding on for dear life because we're waiting for Jesus to come back. And if he doesn't come back any day now, I don't know if I can hold on much longer. I might just backslide. I, I, I might just be tempted to sin, you know. Come on, what church do you see? Oh, pastor, I see 144,000 that are standing before the throne of God. Really, out of 7 billion people, the best that Jesus could do, the best that the cross could do, out of 7 billion people, a mere 144,000 people. You've heard me say this before. If I was the father, and if I knew that only 144, I would say, Jesus Hang on a bit here. Let's cancel. cancel. Let, let, let's go to plan B. I'm not going to send you down there so that you can be separated from me, that you can sweat drops of blood in the garden, that they can whip you and pluck the beard from you and punch you and spit on you, and then you die and you be made sin for 144,000. No, no, no. Stay where you are, Jesus. But when you see the church, what kind of a church do you see? Do you see a white-only church? Do you see a black-only church? Do you see a church that is segregated and divided with the Baptists in one corner and then the Pentecostals in the other corner and then the Mount Zionists in the other corner and then we see the Seventh-day Adventists in the other corner? When you see the church, what kind of a church do you see? Well, let me help you this morning. And just in a nutshell, the church that I see is a church where people are passionately in love with Jesus, with His presence, and with His Word. When I see the church, I see the church as a people that love one another. And it's seen how? By them honoring one another, esteeming one another, embracing one another, valuing one another. We're going to have confrontations and things will happen. The important thing is that you can forgive one another and shake on it and move on. We're going to agree to disagree as long as we don't harbor resentment and bitterness and whatever else. Hallelujah. When I see the church, I see a church where people are passionate about reaching the lost at any cost, where people from all walks of life come together as the body of Christ, and they come together to unashamedly and and unreservedly exalt the name of Jesus. And when they do that, it's the place where anything is possible. Can you say amen? I see the church as a group of people that come together, and when they come together, they dream big, they pray big, they believe God for big things, and then they step out in faith and accomplish big things for a big God. Can you, can you say amen? That's the church that I see, and there's more that I could say about that. But David writes in Psalm 26, verse 8, he says, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
David was instrumental from the tabernacle of Moses where there was sacrificing and blood and there was not a sound that was uttered. David comes along the scene of time and because he has a heart for God and he knew how to cultivate the presence on the hillsides of Jerusalem while he did what he was called, looking after the sheep, looking after people. He worshiped God. David was the only guy that said, no, we're going to change things here. We're not going to have lambs and goats and bulls and, and where there's going to be rivers of blood. Blood's important, don't get me wrong. But I'm going to get a group of people that around the clock, worshipers that will come and 24 hours, seven days a week, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to intercede, we're going to allow our praising God, our worshiping God to come up as a sweet-smelling savor unto God. That's what David did. Hallelujah. That's what David instituted. Hallelujah. We love the church because she is Jesus' bride and she belongs to him. Would you look at somebody and tell them, I love you because you are Jesus' bride and you belong to him. Hallelujah. You are Jesus' bride, and nobody has the right to speak mean to you. Nobody has the right to push their opinion about you. You are Jesus' bride, and you belong to Jesus. And whatever Jesus loves, we love. That's why it's impossible to say you love God and not love the church. Jesus loves the church, and we love what Jesus loves. Lift your hands and say, if Jesus loves the church... And I love what Jesus loves, then I must love the church. Hallelujah. Never fall in love with the church because of what it can do for you. Why? Because just now, it's not going to be able to do enough for you. Come on. Don't love the church because all oh, the pastor is there. Oh, I just love, and I'd love you to love me. Please keep on loving me. But don't love me because of me. Love this church because this is the place where God has placed you. This is the place where God has planted you, connected you to the vision of this house. If you love this church because of me, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. I'm weak just like you're weak. I, I'm, my feet stink like your feet stink. If I don't put underarm under my arm, under spray, a spray under my arm, let me, let me see if I can speak English. It, it's not going to smell so nice. If I don't take care to brush my teeth and maybe suck a mint, when I speak to you, it might fall over, and it won't be by the power of the Holy Ghost. So don't put me up on a pedestal. I'm going to let you down, just like you're going to let me down. We give one another room to make mistakes. But I love the church because Jesus loves the church. Hallelujah. And he called me to be here. He planted me in this house. Hallelujah. And my roots are down. If, 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 if you try and plug me, you might, you're going to have a difficult time because my roots go way down. I might be planted here, but my roots are going down to where that, that flat is. I mean, I've got long roots in this place. Hallelujah. And the longer the roots, the more stable I am. It don't matter what wind blows. I'm planted. I'm here. This is the place where God has placed me. Hallelujah. 
And if you would embrace this, let me tell you, this is the place. If God has called you to this place where you will flourish, you will grow, you will mature, you will increase, you will prosper. Hallelujah. When you put your heart and everything into this place, let me tell you, something supernatural happens. Can I ask you to put your heart into the building of this church? Can I ask you to put your heart into the building of one another? Hallelujah. Put your heart into the discipling of one another. Put your heart into reaching the lost at any cost. Put your heart in. You only have one life to live. So let's make it a worthwhile investment. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Do you know that you can make a difference and make this church a great church when you get planted, when you get plugged in, when you get committed, when you get connected, when you immerse yourself in the vision of this house, something supernatural happens to you. I don't know how to explain it. It's just how it is. Why? Because Jesus' church is a supernatural phenomenon. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because it takes a supernatural working of the Spirit to cause a man and a woman to be born again. You're not born again because you recited a prayer or because you said hallelujah a million times. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now roll on the ground. Say hallelujah again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, you saved, you saved, you saved. That's not how, that's how the world works. You're not saved because you have a certain dress code. You're not saved because you abstain. I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan now. I'm a sp- I don't even know what vegan means, but anyways. You're not saved because you're a vegan. Something supernatural happened on the inside of you. You encountered the God of all glory. Hallelujah. So that makes the church a supernatural phenomenon. And when you tap into the vision and you connect and you join hands and you put your heart into building this church and making this church a great thing. Hallelujah. What is supernatural in the church is supernatural in your life. Hallelujah. Whatever supernatural thing is on this church is the supernatural thing that comes on your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What would this church look like? What would the Durban Christian Center there in Phoenix, what would the Durban Christian Center in Hillcrest in Galway, right here in Mabel, and in the other campuses that we would open, what would this church look like if everyone put their everything into making this church great? My goodness. I think that we would shake, rattle, and roll the city of Durban if everybody put their everything into making this church great. Is this church perfect? Absolutely not. Do we have our act all together? Some of you do. Absolutely not. Do we have perfect pastors and the perfect staff? Absolutely not. We are imperfect beings that have been given an opportunity to serve God and to serve God's people and our city, Durban, being holy and solely reliant on the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Amen. 
Yeah, we can analyze and criticize, but we can also be a solution to the problem. Maybe we start fires and create mayhem and havoc, or should we rather maybe speak life and blessing? It's, it's easy to start fire. It's easy to cause dissension. It's easy to look at the faults and the weaknesses. Come on in this place. We can either gossip and start rumors and cause divisions and sorrow, or we can build people up. Hallelujah. Come on. It takes a certain amount of faith and maturity to build each other up. Even though you might know something, and I want to speak blessing, I want to build you up. If, you, if I build you up, you will build me up. And if I, we build all each, oh, three of us up, three of us can build three others up. Hallelujah. And we can help build the church and advance the kingdom of God in our city. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? What would this church be like if everybody put their everything into making this church great? Come on, I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you in the various campuses. Come on. Don't come to church just to tick a box, please. Do you know that Jesus was loving, kind, compassionate, full of mercy, full of grace? But there was another side to him. Another side that took out a whip and whipped people. Another side that caused him to speak and say, you brood of vipers. And everything that he had horrible to say, he said it to the religious people. People who were in the right gear, eating the right food, saying the right prayers, but whose hearts were far from God. They would stand in the marketplace Special place, right here. Here's my place. Lift my hands. So that everybody could see them prayer, but their hearts were far from God. And those are the people that Jesus rebuked. He, he rebuked them. In the book of Revelation, Jesus said, listen, you can be hot and you can be cold. But woe betide you if you are lukewarm. When we are lukewarm and we come and we tick the box, we're actually mocking God. That's what we're doing. We're mocking the cross. We're mocking the blood. We're mocking the Holy Spirit. And I say this with all gentleness and all reverence. Please do not tick a box. Don't tick a box. Rather go to your bingo club and tick that box or go to your card club or, 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 or to the rotary club and, and just tick a box there. Don't come to church and tick a box. If your heart hasn't reached out to God today and you've been thinking about your biryani that's in the oven or you're thinking about something else, come on, you are mocking God. And, and the Bible says God is not mocked. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Right now, right across the campuses, you're in this place today. Let me tell you that if you are far from God, you do not have to stay there. If you came to church and everything was just casual and, and you ticked a box, you don't have to stay in that place. You can come nearer to God. You can have that encounter. 
you can put right with God. Maybe you're saying things have happened, Pastor, and I'm, I'm not on fire as I used to be. You can come back to God today. Your life can be put right with God today. You don't have to wait a single thing. That's why we are in this age of grace. Thank God we're not in the Old Testament. I know for me, the earth probably would have opened up and swallowed me a long time ago. But thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God that we can come back. When we mess up, we can come and say, Jesus, I messed up. I said the wrong thing. I behaved wickedly. I thought wickedly. I acted wickedly. And we can ask God for forgiveness. And we can start afresh. We can come back to God. Those of you watching by way of live stream, wherever you are, you can come back to God. If you've never come to God, we're not, as you heard some of those people saying, they think church is organized religion. That's what man has made it to be. That's what the world has made it to be. And sadly, that's what many churches have painted that picture, that we're just organized religion. My goodness, if we are organized religion, Let's rather go to an organized bingo club, an organized rotary club. They do a far better job of organizing stuff. This is about a living, loving relationship with a person, Jesus Christ. And his heart beats for yours today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this place. You're in the campuses. You've come today. And we're so glad that you've come today. And maybe you came to tick a box, but God is saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, I had greater plans. No, no, you thought you were coming to just to tick a box, but there's something far greater that I had in mind. I want to touch your life. I want to overwhelm you with my love, with my grace, with my forgiveness. And God will not do it unless you permit him. Unless you say yes, Lord. Unless you open your heart. You can resist. You can shut the doors. You can turn your back. You can harden your heart. And God will back off. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to say yes today. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, those of you that feel that tug. And you know that I'm speaking to you today. I want to pray for you today. In this place right across the campuses. You ready? Here we go. One, two, get ready. One, two, three. Put your hand up high. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. I'm coming this morning. I'm coming this morning. Wave your hand at me. If you want me to pray right now that you can come back to God. I see those hands in the various campuses. Just keep your hands uplifted wherever you are. Say, would you pray for me? I'm coming today just as I am. With all of my faults, I'm coming back to God. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Lift your hand up right now. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. All over the campuses right now, in this place, lift your hand up high. You say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm coming this morning. I'm coming this morning. Would you pray for me? I want everybody to stand up right now. Everybody to stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand over there. Anybody else? The, those of you that have your hands raised right across the campuses in Hillcrest, in Phoenix, in Galway, and here, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you as we sing the song, 
just to slip up out of the aisle and come down to the front. Come and join us. I want to pray for you this morning. All right? Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. This is a great moment. You're making a great decision for God. I want you to step up out of the aisle right now that we can pray for you. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm coming to Jesus today. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. In Jesus' name, come. Come wherever you are. Come wherever you are. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Come, come to the altar. The Today, three more people that you just need to respond. No pressure. This is the greatest thing that you could ever do, coming back to Jesus. Or if you never knew Jesus, we're going to sing it one more time. And if you need somebody to walk with you, they will. They'll come. They'll gladly come with you. But I'm going to ask you right now just to be full of courage. I know it takes a lot of courage, but I'm going to ask you to come right now. All right? Oh, come to the Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was born with Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Right across the campuses as you've come down to the front In Galway, in Hillcrest, and in Phoenix I want us to pray this prayer, all right? And can you all help them pray this prayer? Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name, just as I am. Right now, I say yes to your love, to your mercy, to your forgiveness. With my heart, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for cleansing me and washing me. From today, I belong to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's give them all a round of applause. Also, as we wave goodbye to Phoenix and Hillcrest, amen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tonight. The rest of you, just hold steady. Let's just pray, all right? If you could take her through, that'll be great. They're just going to pray with you, all right? And uh, that'll be awesome. Father, as we go our various ways, thank you that because you love the church, we love the church. You are busy building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We go forth in your power, in your blessing, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, good people. Have a wonderful afternoon. We'll see you back again 5 o'clock, 5 p.m.